Biloxi blues that happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine I have not ever treats me kind it leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell putting in my notice and I'll see you at another time Come on sing with me This highway does not know my name and I don't care no I don't care Sure don't Where are we headed Heading my way for another place and I got three good tires and a spare To the hook to the hook Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to keep there Low budget live, not so live from the low budget live bar and grill. Often imitated, never duplicated. Welcome, low lifers. You low life son of a guns out there. You low life and low budget following lol son of a guns. How are you? How are you? Low Budget Live for Monday, February the 3rd. Can you believe it? We made it into a new year and January is finally over. Thank God. My wife and I were talking about that this morning. There's all these memes that have popped up, memes about January, and she's joked all month. She's like, I swear January feels like it's four years long. 78 days. Uh, Brad Knight's wife posted a good one that said uh, something about, you know, you're waking up from a coma and the doctor says, you've been in a coma for 76 days. And I said, is Jan-, and the patient says, is January over? And the doctor says, no, I'm afraid not. <laughs> I saw that this morning. It made me laugh. It made me laugh. But a happy February to you. And all February means to me is we're getting closer to March. And that is when the fishing really uh, normally kicks up a notch around my homestead. So I'm getting excited about that. Uh, Another thing that I'm excited about, StarTron, StarBright, bringing you low-budget live, not-so-live weekend and week out. We're really appreciative for the fine folks at StarTron. They're going to take care of your weed eater, take care of your truck, take care of your outboard engine, and kick ethanol right in the teeth. On a daily basis All you need A little dab will do you 256 gallons treated Right here in this bottle Or you can get some Starbright cleaning products And you can keep your ride Looking good Get you some boat guards Spray that sucker down Get you some carpet clean Huge thanks To the folks at StarTron For bringing you Low Budget Live Week after week We really appreciate them Y'all make sure You go support this crew Right here It's been a uh, It's been a you know, uh, an interesting, sad, crazy week, um, and a good week all at the same time this week. We've, we've had a lot going on. Um, when I last left you, it was going to be my little Ryder man's birthday, and we uh, we celebrated that in style. Ryder D turned nine years old, and uh, he got a gift that all nine-year-olds need in life, and he got a bearded dragon, <laughs> a lizard, and he named it Johnny. Johnny, so we now have a uh, a reptile at the Duncan house. The triple threat, not too pleased with that. She wasn't. She wasn't too pleased with that at all. But uh, you feed it live crickets, and it turns into a little velociraptor from Jurassic Park. You know, and goes after. It's it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Nine year old me really approves of the bearded lizard purchase. 
And I'm his person. He raises his little lizard head up when I walk in there. It's a really cool pet. Uh, I think they get about this long, though, and he's about this long right now. Perfect Carolina rig size right now, but he's going to get to where uh, he's like more like California swim bait size before it's over with. But uh, Johnny, so welcome, Johnny. Try to get Johnny on the show. He's, he's booked up right now. But uh, Johnny, the new Duncan household mascot and uh you know we got deer running around everywhere out here marissa feeds some cats for some damn reason they keep coming around and uh we got of course thor the australian shepherd we got goose the white lab who's a moron and now we got johnny the bearded dragon so we went to the pet store to buy a fish and came home with a lizard don't ask i don't know it happened uh my dad marty d made the lizard uh a reality with me buying the cage he bought the lizard so here we are. Here we are. Um, really good week again on the FAC. Yeah, you know me, Fat Ass Challenge. I'm down another four pounds. Man. Um, and th- this week I did some hiking, some exercising, got me some a couple four-mile days in, and I mean, my thighs um, are feeling it, these thunder thighs. But I'm starting to, you know, I can look in the mirror and see a physical change in myself. I can uh, I can feel a change. I'm drinking water. We're doing this cardio. I'm getting emails from y'all. I'm getting uh, Instagram message from y'all. Y'all are all out there killing this thing. Let's keep going. Like thirty something days until the classic, man. Uh, actually, yeah, like 35, 33, 34. I'm terrible at math. I went to county school, but we're there. March the sixth. So we're in the final freaking home stretch of this thing. Uh, bringing it in and i'm i'm you know i'm trying to get like 25 pounds down i don't know i saw big c this week talked to him for a little bit he's uh he's he's down some weight too so we'll see what's going on we may check in with big c next week and see uh how his weight loss challenge is going but thank y'all for all the support on that man i i'm like die hard right now and like i said skipping birthday parties birthday cake ice cream snacks pizza hot dogs all deliciousness uh but but now we've got a break in birthday parties for a little bit, so I, I, I'm going to be straight. I'm going to be good. Valentine's Day will be the next challenge because the Triple Threat and I are going on a date. We're going on a date, so that's going to be one day. But you you can treat yourself for one day. You can treat yourself. You can treat yourself. And even guys like The Rock, you look, he does these crazy cheat days. So you can do that, but you got to back it up. So fat assers, low lifers, let's keep going. Let's lose some LBs. Some LBs. Something else awesome that happened this week. Holy crap, you guys. Boats and pros. I filmed the second episode this week with Mr. Jordan Lee, so that's something to be looking forward to. But the first episode dropped, and holy crap, did you guys and gals come out of the freaking woodwork and watch that one with me and the G-Man. Cannot say thank you enough for that. I can't. Uh, so many of these, thumbs up, still a, a couple of these. I, I don't know who those people are, but it cracks me up. Uh, but a lot of this, man, and a lot of positive comments, and and I'm not going to pat myself on the on the back and, and make this about me because it's about you guys. All of this stuff falls on deaf ears and, and does not motivate me the way it does uh, if you guys aren't participating, you're not commenting, you're not supporting the Luke Duncan's Traveling Circus Lifestyle and Dreams and Podcasts and Boats and Pros. So, man, 
heart goes out to you guys. Thank you so freaking much. I promise you, I'm going to flood. I said it last year. I'm going to flood this channel with content this year. Lots more to come. Just hang in there with me. Keep watching. Keep commenting. Keep subscribing. We went over 6,000 subscribers. That don't sound like much to a guy like Dude Perfect, to them Dude Perfect guys, but to this little guy right here who had less than 1,000 this time last year, come on with it. It feels good, and it makes me want to work even harder, so thank you so much for that. The next one will be out mid-February, okay? Just filmed this week, Jordan Lee, and you are going to enjoy it. Uh, up next after that is going to be my main dude, Jason Christie with an IE. The real deal, Jason Christie, that Cherokee and Choctaw Indian outlaw from freaking Oklahoma. That's going to be episode three. So we got them big headers steady stacked up, okay? That's all y'all need to know. It's on me to make sure we get a good episode and get the boats. But we got the we got the interviews that y'all want to see. Trust me. I just got to make sure we got boats everywhere we go. So um, really having fun doing that. It's a lot of work. Shout out to my man, Tanner Lyons, who's filming and editing those. Um but thank y'all for all the kindness. If you think you know people that haven't seen it, tell them about it. I want this thing to be uh, to be where it's headed, you know, uh, next level. Something that people haven't done in this industry before. Um, a lot of people think I'm just a little podcast and a little GoPro editing guy uh, in here. But I got big ideas, and we're going we gonna to bring them. We might not have a big fancy studio. Uh, like some folks do, and we might not broadcast all the time, but we the little podcast that could. That's right, and uh, and the little channel that could. So thank y'all, thank y'all. Uh, lots of other things I want to get to before I got. I got two guests today, but lots of things I want to get to. Um, big time. I think that uh, this week will go down as one in, in my life that I'll never forget for multiple reasons. But when we were celebrating little Ryder's birthday party, we get the news that uh, Kobe Bryant has passed away. And uh, I'm not the biggest NBA guy in the world, but you know, you, you'd, you'd be crazy if you, you know, you live under a rock, if you don't realize what that guy did for that sport and, and uh, what, what all he did for kids and, and, uh, and just the NBA in general. And, he was a really positive dude. I felt like a lot of times, you know, a lot of his speeches are amazing. And, and in the next phase of his life, he, you know, he hasn't been retired long. He was headed into uh, a lot of amazing things with his amazing family. And unfortunately, he lost his life, uh, as everybody knows now. But uh, And his daughter passed away in that as well, which I cannot imagine what his wife is going through and the rest of their family. There were also other families on that helicopter that passed away. And uh, I just wanted to say, you know, uh, you know, never take anything for granted. That's for sure. That guy, um, you know, it's probably just a routine day for him. So sometimes it is just a blessing just to get to come back home to your to your wife and kids. And uh, so that that's that was heartbreaking. And then uh, week before last, news came out that uh, Mr. Forrestell Wood, the founder of Ranger Boats, had gotten really sick had fell ill and at 87 years old. And this past week, Mr. Wood, uh, he passed away. And to say what that man meant to this sport, you can't put it into a podcast. You can't put it into a video. You can't. He dedicated his life to this industry, to promoting the sport. Um, founded Ranger Boats in 1968. With his lovely wife, Nina, who I've had the pleasure of meeting both Forrest and Nina. 
another grandson Keith very well and and uh know a lot a lot of those folks out there from that ranger company and uh, a lot of them now reside with vexus boats and they're they're good people um but he put flipping arkansas on the map and he put bass boats on the map in my opinion uh, there were a lot of other pioneers in that. You had the Pierces out there in that neck of the woods, Ron Pierce, Rick Pierce, who, who runs Basscat, his father, founded Basscat Boats. They were there in that same little area but uh, and, and go way back as well. And they were – you know, Ron was a pioneer as well. We lost uh, Ron, I believe, last year. Um, but just these guys started fiberglass bass boats the way we know them now you know, the modern bass boat. And they kept advancing things. And Forrest, you know, with live wells, and and he was a tournament guy. Um, he started as a fishing guide and and had a cattle business and a construction company. And then that, you know, starts in a, the back of a service shop building boats, you know, and it gets it going, gets it going and and qualifies for the Bassmaster Classic back in the day. And he was he was a he was a fisherman's fisherman, but at the same time had these great visions and he built that company up to what we now know as Ranger Boats that uh, still build legends one at a time. You know, um, that famous cowboy hat, that silhouette on that Ranger Cup logo that so many people wear on their jerseys. Um, FLW's namesake. They've changed it. You know, they've changed what those what those letters stand for. It started out as Forest L. Wood, the Forest Wood Cup. And in recent years, you know, they changed it to Fishing League Worldwide and 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 some other things and the and the cup for, unfortunately for the last cup they had last year they just called it the FLW Cup they didn't call it the Forest Wood Cup anymore um, the one thrift one was the FLW Cup but it was the Forest Wood Cup you know for years and it was FLW that was their namesake that's where it came from for a lot of you youngins out there that might not know but so this guy we have to thank for a lot of things a lot of things and. I heard the service was incredible this week. Lots of people from all over the place. I, unfortunately, I did not get to attend, and I, I really my hats out to uh, to Forrest and Nana, and my heart goes out to their family. I know what you're going through. I, I've talked to Keith this week. You know, this was his granddad. To everybody else, it was a hero, but but to him, it was just his granddad. And losing my granddad this fall, I can tell you, I know what they're going through. And Forrest Wood will be missed and they do not make people like Forrest Wood in them anymore, especially in this industry. They just don't. And uh so I wanted to I wanted to talk about that. What a what a great man. What a great story. What a great legacy that will live on far beyond his time here on this earth. So uh rest in peace, Forrest Wood and uh rest in peace Kobe Bryant, his daughter and and uh all the others affected in that in that horrible helicopter crash. But if you grew up in the time frame I did, of course Dave Chappelle did a skit about Kobe throwing throwing a throwing something in the trash. So every kid growing up, and I've seen a lot of memes about this, but yeah, you you're always going Kobe. Hell, I still do it all the time. So um, these men definitely left their mark on the world. And at the end of this crazy ride, that's all you can hope for, right? is to leave your mark in, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, whether that's with your family, whether that's with the public, uh, just with the world in general. Leave your mark. Leave your mark. You know, I felt like my mom did that. I felt like my granddad did that. And that's that's all that matters. 
family, loving on them, and leaving your mark. Doing what you love, leaving your mark. And and uh, those two men definitely did that. So rest in peace, guys. That uh, We thank you all for everything you did. Moving on. Moving on. Um, crazy craziness in the bass fishing world. Craziness. We, uh, we just wrapped up just this last week the first FLW tour of the year, which was the FLW Pro Circuit Now. And they kept saying on the live coaches, it's driving me crazy, and my buddies are hosting that. But uh, the inaugural Pro Circuit, I'm like, it's the tour. What, what are you doing? You trying to polish a turd here? What are we doing? Uh, it was the inaugural tournament where they changed the name of it. But uh, just trying to build it up a little bit. I get it. But it was a great tournament, great tournament to keep up with. Uh, I watched uh, my little buddy Sammy George made the top 10 in that one, and I watched some of the live coverage. I, di- I didn't get to watch as much as I would have liked to have watched, but uh, my man my man Travis and my man uh, Todd Hollowell on there breaking it down for you, but I got to watch a little bit of it, and uh, John Cox, John Cox just starting it out, just kicking and screaming, everybody's going to hate him. Everybody's going to hate him. They're going to they're gonna ban him from the sport. They're going to ban him from the sport. He's just going to, uh, you know, it's the first major event of the year. My gosh, man. He's still got a lot coming up. We're going to talk to John in just a little bit. We're going to talk to John, get him to um, get him to really go to town on that little victory for all of us lowlifers here. And I'm uh, looking forward to uh, hearing what he's got to say. Looking forward to it. Heard a word on the street this week that MLF on one of their television shows that goes wherever, Discovery Channel or whatever it is, uh, were running the commercial. And I saw anglerschannel.com actually posted an opinion piece about this this week, talking about the commercial. And this was the same commercial they ran during live coverage last year that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way where they're like, five bass limits. And it was like all the people shooting bass with machine guns and, and stabbing them with knives, and they're like, typical tournament fishing. And then it's like Odd Defoe in a boat, and it's like, MLF. And he swings a boat in and he pets it and he kisses it right on the mouth and he gingerly takes the hook out, um, probably where the barb didn't even touch it because uh, they take such good care of fish. And he just gently slipped it back in the water and it's like, MLF, the future of tournaments. And uh, I did a whole thing on this back back this spring, back this spring for you, uh, back last spring for those of you that are just now following along. And I didn't have the video then like I do now, so you get to see my full-on choreography on that. But, yes, they're throwing fish in the weigh-in bags and freaking culling clips. Uh, But they took it off their live coverage. But I heard, and I read this thing that anglerschannel.com did, that it made it onto the TV show. And I'm just like, awkward. You just bought one of the biggest five fish trails ever, ever, didn't change the format, and now you're like, typical tournament fish. It's dumb. Lord have mercy. Somebody over there do your homework. Y'all are watching podcasts too much and not keeping up with your own stuff. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Y'all can't get out of your own damn way on stuff like that. Because, I mean, there were BPT anglers upset about that commercial. But, yeah, I read uh, Angler's Channel um, 
posted that. And if I'm wrong, forgive me on that. But I actually somebody shared that, and I read that this week um, on a on a TV show. The commercial made it in, and I know sponsors were upset about that and some other things. So the fact that uh, that made it to light uh, again, if that's the case, um, really funny. Really funny to me, especially now that you're running running tournaments. Speaking of tournaments they run, uh, they got another sponsor, Coastal Left, and now it's the Toyota Series. So a uh, big shout-out to Toyota for coming in and uh, giving them some cash. Uh, the Coastal Series, which has also been the Strands, the American Fishing Series, and the Everstarts um, over the last several years. It's changed a few times, but it's now the Toyota Series, first ones at uh, Toledo Bend. And uh, going on right now as I'm recording this And, uh, you know, another weird one They announced it late I don't know I don't know But uh, congrats to them on getting a sponsor My main question is that I would like to know I'm sure the public would like to know Is why wasn't it the Costa Series again? Why did Costa pull out? Um, You know, the thing about new sponsors is It's really crazy You can announce new sponsors all day long But when old sponsors don't return I.e. Ranger, Bass Pro Shops um, coast, uh, you know, there's questions there. There are questions there. I heard uh, some things going on out there. Uh, of course, the the brass was at the FLW event, and they were in an angler panel meeting. And word on the street is they're projected to lose about a million dollars this year, and uh, allegedly on tour in uh, FLW organization. So I think they, uh, you know, they definitely lost some sponsorship dollars and. I wish them nothing but the best. I hope it works out. I hope it does. But uh, the narrative was they were the saviors of FLW, and I don't know. We'll see. I can say that uh, from a tournament standpoint, the pro circuit, FLW Tour, whatever we're calling it, came off without a hitch, you know. Looked good. Live coverage looked good. Thanks to them boys over at Digital P Media and Todd Hollowell and and Travis. The, the coverage was good. And, uh, you know, the boys called them decent. Rayburn was tough, but uh, the overall, the event was good, and I was proud to see some of my good friends over there kicking butt and taking names. There was a lot of, uh, you know, not a lot of surprises in who called them and who didn't, um, for sure, over there. Another announcement this week, this past week, by your uh, by the boys at MLFBPT, the guys that I like to say uh, Major League Backpedaling. Major league changing all the time. Uh, just kidding, guys. No red crest, no thunderbolt ball, no red crest this fall. So they did the first one ever, was going to be the biggest tournament ever this past fall. They did it. Nah, jury's still out on whether it was the biggest tournament ever. But now they've canceled it for 2020, no championship, and they're going to schedule it for drum roll March of 2021 when. Isn't that when the Bassmaster Classic is? Oh, yeah. It's when the Bassmaster Classic is. <sighs> Yawn. Yawn. It, it's such a... I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say at this point. Well, crap like this. Um, you know, there, there was an article, and I don't know who this is quoted in this, but... Uh, it says it will be huge because there is so much more star power and marketing power with Johnny Morris, all the hunting, fishing, and NASCAR industries added in the Cronky Sports and Entertainment, uh, who owns the Nuggets and the Los Angeles Rams. Everyone will work together collectively in 2020 to make the Red Crest of March 21 the biggest event 
ever. Backpat, backpat. We're good. We are great. Pat yourself on the back. Those are lofty. And Boyd said this when they first started talking about Redcrest, that it would be the biggest championship. And I've said on here multiple times, no, it will not until it is, right? You know, if you're over in a corner going, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great, you're probably not great. That's the problem. You have to earn the respect of fans. You have to do something that makes them want to attend your event. So just schedule on top of the Classic so your guys who this year aren't going to the Classic, a lot of them, MLF pros, they're not going to go hang out with the fans. There's some that are, but the list is growing of the ones that aren't um, because it's not about the fans. It's about egos for the most part. And uh, now they're going to make sure they got it scheduled where they can't go. And they may not do it right on top of it. I don't think the industry will allow that. I think they'll get a lot of pushback, but I think they'll do it close enough where – Guys have to pick And that's a hell of a shame It's a hell of a shame for the fans And all of this, you know They want the divisiveness to stop I mean, obviously with my podcast That's been something I talked to like Tim and Gerald about And a lot of the, a lot of the talk is You're dividing people Well, then you do crap like this And it just further divides it Further divides it um, I'm not saying the Classic's the only tournament That can ever exist in March But I think when you You know what you're doing they know what they're doing, and they know what they're trying to do, and, and they won't bass out of the picture. They won't bass out of the picture. And I don't think that's good for the sport. I don't think MLF failing is good for the sport. I don't. I don't think if MLF fails and it all goes away, I don't think that's good either. Even in my negative criticisms of them, I don't think them not being in the sport is a good thing. I think it opened up a lot of doors. We've talked about it on here. I think that um, – you know, it opened up some opportunities for a lot of guys. It made the organizations go, crap, we need to change some things. Bass included. They they cleaned up some of their messes. So I don't know. I'm just I'm so over the you know, it's gonna be the best ever and the and just changing. But they gotta figure out something that's theirs, like the format or whatever, and just ride it. Be willing to stick to something that's your deal and it's either going to work or it's not the biggest problem i see with an event like this you got to have something to bring fans in you got to and the classic still has moments they have the winning moments and they still have a huge expo that's historical and i don't think you can just set up in a field and call it the classic you're gonna you know rent out an arena and have a deal well then there's nothing after the show i i don't know Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it'll be huge. Maybe it puts Bass out and the Classic out. I personally, right now, think it's stupid, and I think that uh, you're going to make the industry pick again if you schedule close to each other because you're going to have travel and booths and things. And this is all coming from me. One one would be one would be smart to speculate it's going to be around the Classic. Okay, they say March 2021. They didn't announce their dates. Well, guess who else hasn't announced their dates yet? Bass. So. You're crazy if you don't believe that's the reason And they may hear this podcast, I'm sure And say, that's not the reason We're not doing that And maybe we got it stopped, low lifers. <laughs> I don't know um, I, I don't know They got a, they got a lot to work on In, in regards to Getting fans there and, and things like that I want to text our guest for the day See if we can get him Old John Boy, John Cox Winner of that uh, good old FLW Pro Circuit Tour. Um, he picked up right where he la- leaves off, just goes back to catching 
catching that butt. And uh, I want to talk to him about a couple things. And then we got another John coming on I'm excited about. So, yeah, it's kind of uh, his talk bubbles up, ladies and gentlemen. John Cox's talk bubbles up on text. All this stuff's just, I just wish we could just get to fishing. And they, I think they start fishing next week. I think the Elite Series starts next week. So maybe I'll, uh, all we'll be hearing from the next little bit is how great their tournaments are again instead of how great their future events are going to be. Hey, man. What's up, John boy? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, FLW Pro Circuit winner. Sean Cox, did did it feel did it feel any different? I got to ask you right out of the giddy because I watched some of the live coverage and my buddy Todd Hollowell, my buddy Travis Miranda going the inaugural FLW Pro Circuit, and I'm like, it's a damn tour. Quit trying to church it up. Come on. Did it feel any yeah. different? I, I mean, it felt it didn't feel too different because he was a lot of the same guys still there, right. you know, our same our same uh, you know. Uh, group from FLW and stuff, uh, so that was good. Hey, you know, it, it was for me. It was a different win because, uh, man, I mean, practice was so bad. I was like, oh god, please just let me get a, a 50 place check, you know, and get out of here. So I mean, and in, in uh, you know, and then fi- figure them out on the with the crankbait. That was uh, hilarious. Yeah, I just, it, it just blew my mind. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, there is no. Every time I threw out there, and I would take two or three cranks in that one spot. And it would load up, and I'd get one on. I, I was just like, my mind was blown every time. It's incredible, dude. It, it was. It, it was. It was amazing. So I don't think I'll ever forget that uh, that tournament. No way, at all. man. I mean, it was just. It was, and and, and to find that spot with like, uh, like an hour and a half to go, and just call everything out, making that same cast. It was just. So did you incredible. find that spot in practice or in the tournament? No, You're saying an hour no. to go. Yeah. No, I had. I, I didn't find nothing in practice. So I was just. I was just like running stuff. I did catch a lot of fish. Uh, well, not a lot of fish, but the few fish I caught in practice, I caught on that crankbait. Okay. Um, but it was more like on rock, like where rock would change to sand. And, yeah. Uh, just on those like transitions, like, you know, in, in a few different parts of the lake. Uh, but man, I, I was just scrambling the first day. I was like, you know, I had about 10 pounds and I was like, oh, geez, please just let me get, you know, to that 12 pound mark to get a check. And uh, boy, I was going down these rocks down the side of the bridge there. And one little stick was sticking out, and I fired my crankbait by it. And I caught a nice one, and it had all this hydrilla up my line. I was like, oh, my gosh. And I launched one right out in the middle, and I caught a five. And I caught <laughs> another five. But I was just like, you know, it was just, oh, it was, it was incredible. <laughs> but but it looked like just, I got to watch a little of the live coverage the third day, and then a lot of it on Sunday morning. And it looked mm-hmm. like it just, it kind of petered out, though. Oh, just, yeah, it just, for you, me, it completely died. I, I don't know how I caught a limit. Uh, days three and four because it was just so bad and there was so much pressure and uh, I mean it was I was just scrambling I, I went out and filmed day five the next day and uh, I, we fished we, we fished the entire day and we had one bite no you kidding know, no, no, yeah normally you go out day five you film for two or three hours you get out of there we were there like the sun was going down and we were trying to close it out and we, we still didn't have a bite yet and oh, we caught one right cow. at the end did yeah, you check that ma- little magic spot again? I'm sure you did. Oh yeah, we well we hit it like three times that day. <laughs> Why did they? It was I mean that just like a first little group of females coming up, you think, or something? I you know it was really weird because I don't know if I just got so uh, lucky and landed on it right when they were kind of passing through because you know they were there from like twelve the first day um, until weigh-in time, 
you know, and then I started right on it the second day and they were, I caught them right up to about 11 o'clock again. And then I never had another bite. That's so crazy, man. How that yeah. can happen. Yeah. Just, it just was a textbook, John Cox offshore spot. That's what I'd like to say. <laughs> yeah, that's, it. that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, dude, this win puts you right up there with KVD. Now you're an offshore master. So I, <laughs> I'm telling you, because I mean, I, I've only watched them guys on TV catch them on crankbait. So I, I've never, you know, I've never seen it, you know? So I was like, man, I was like, this is so cool. It's like, you could almost, you could just time it. And like, you, oh, you yeah. take a two or three cranks and then they're, they're on so legit, you just you don't crank that much. No, I, I I didn't even you know we were at Grand last year and I you know I was catching them on the chatter and stuff and then it got really cold and they wouldn't touch it and uh, man I like I you know I, I I like had a couple crankbaits in there but man I had it like on a you know a flipping stick you know <laughs> running I like had none of the right stuff for it and I feel like it really cost me the tournament so. Um, well, I saw you, you were know, slinging a like, Veritas. This week, yeah, with that plug. yeah, you know, and I, I'm not even like, I'm not even, uh, you know, uh, my boss Brad at Berkeley, he was like, man, you got to try this crankbait rod, and I was like, yeah, man, I don't know, <laughs> I, you know, all last year, and uh, finally this year, he's like, man, you got to get one of those, and I was like, okay, I'll get one, you know, so I got one and and got that uh, that new EXD uh, Revo, you know, that casts really far, yeah, and. and uh, Man, and I got it in the slow real ratio. Man, I just I felt like I had. You were like, a pro. Man, I was like, man, I, I feel like I know what I'm doing. And I'm never. This is the tenth fish I've ever caught on a crankbait. Crazy. <laughs> is that so? Andy Morgan, I, I've always felt like it's been that way, and he he would throw a wiggle wart and stuff at some of those Highland mm-hmm. lakes. But what is it about that? For you personally, and I know I've talked to Andy about this, and guys like Swindle are like this a lot too. Uh, what is it about single hook lures? I mean, is that something that's in your mind more, or you just don't throw a crankbait? Because a lot of people don't like a crankbait because they feel like they're going to lose them. Right, right. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I think I'm with you on the the single hook. I feel like you're less likely to get hung up on the single hook. Um, I don't know. And I, you know, I like throwing like heavier line a lot of times, except when I got my spinning rod out. You know, so it's. I don't know that single hook though, I, I, and I don't know if it's just something you know we've grown up fishing for so long. I mean, we're pretty much we, you know grew up throwing jigs. Yeah, you know, so of that course. Was pretty much. Yeah, that was pretty much the uh, you know I think the whole single hook thing, and then the chatter came around and stuff. You know, and, um, but yeah, that is strange how some of us you know we just we kind of lean towards certain things. And, for uh, sure, because you know, there are I I really feel like the crankbait guys are are big. Uh, you know, top water guys, uh, you know, for sure. trap guys, like for I, sure. you know, they do, they do that whole, you know, that's their deal. And, um, yeah. It, it, and, and Van Dam's, you know, Van Dam's a winder. You see a lot of guys. I, I remember Hackney at the classic one time, maybe down at Lay Lake and we were sitting, mm-hmm. I was backstage with him and, and, uh, and the wind had blown that day. And he said, I, I knew about 11 o'clock them damn winders were going to catch them. <laughs> and I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah. but to think yeah. that he would, he would say that, but never pick up, a crank right. like he wasn't going right. to come right. hell or high water well well that's cool right. I, I heard uh, i heard reddington actually had to spot you a couple crankbaits yeah, yeah i had like uh i had two of them in that long uh lone ranger color and uh and and, and all uh, you know all week i'm like um you know i'm like tom you got any more of these tom you got any more he said I, I might have a couple of them uh but then day three finally came around and, and he left me a whole pile of them that's so, so awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. So it was, but I mean, they quit eating it after that. But it was, it was cool. You know, that the first two days, I had that one crankbait rod uh, in the two crankbaits that I caught them on, and 
man, I, I, you know, day two, I got all these people watching and I'm getting ready and I'm like, man, I, and I'm throwing this thing a mile. Like I'm, I'm launching that little crankbait at Fritz side so far uh, that even everybody, everybody, even my marshals like, gosh, I can't believe you're throwing it that far. And man, I line up and I fire that thing as far as can. And all the real, all the line comes off the reel. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm like, and I, I'm telling you for 45 minutes, I'm trying to pick this backlash out because, I, you know, I don't have any extra line for it. Um, you know, I don't have another reel like it, you know, I just, oh man, it was just, so man, I was like, it was, you would have thought I caught a 10 pounder when I finally pulled that backlash. <laughs> well, I posted and I saw that you shared it, but I was watching live and you sit out on the front deck last day and you just pop open a fresh, a fresh square bill, <laughs> have the pack. And, and the reason that's funny to me, and I know, you know, why I think it's funny, but to pick, cause I have people see me much go, why that, why is that funny? And I'm like. Because it's the final day of the FLW. Most guys are out there sharpening their crap at night and tying on and making sure everything's ready. And John's like, oh, I got another one in the pack. I'm just going to tie on real quick. <laughs> Brand new one. Because I get funny about like a certain crankbait. Right. If I'm catching yeah. a bunch on one, even if I got 50 more in the same color, that's the one I tend to gravitate towards. Right. Because, yeah. And, I, and I'm, you know, I was the same way except for work. Uh, those fritz sides like I really the whole time I was throwing it I was like wow why did David make this so good <laughs> when, when he could have just shared it with a few of us you know and just I was just like oh Dude, my gosh and, and, and you know me I'm a I'm a big six cents crankbait guy um, and Brad and I Rutherford have talked about this fritz side and I've got to get some because it sounds right. like a really really special crankbait I doubt I can get any in that color right now it doesn't right. sound like on Tackle Warehouse <laughs> Right, uh, right. I, I had to borrow some from Tommy. Tommy Reddington sounds like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got he's got a big stash of them. Is he's it like, true that, that was my? He's <laughs> like that was my favorite color. Why? Why'd you have to tell everybody about that one? Did Reddington? No, was, like, uh, was it true he was at your house when you won? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he came down to Harris to practice, so he's been he's been hanging out at my house. <laughs> so. Well, dude, congratulations! Because I'm telling you, the 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 best come out to play when conditions get tough. And dude, watching you really go into scramble mode two days in a row, right? And and pull it off. A lot of guys just end up going, "Yeah, I'm going to finish about tenth because I'm going to zero. I mean, and they <laughs> panic or they try to. And me, right. when I got a sweet spot like that, I'm probably just going to beat the hell out of it until I zero. Right. But you right. recognize it and go, "Hey, we got to pull the plug and run around, yeah. dude." You were fishing with the trolling motor on a hundred. Wide ass open up the bank and uh, did you catch them all on a swim jig? Uh, no, I caught a couple on the swim, on the dirty jig swim jig uh, with the backstep beach on, um, but I, I mostly uh, got most of them on the chatter. And, okay, uh, and then I had like a, a, a Berkeley grass pig on the back of it. Yeah, and I just yeah. pretty much threw the black and blue uh, in the dirty water and uh, threw like a white chartreuse one in the uh, cleaner water. But it, I mean it. Man, it was them last two days, I mean, that was probably the hardest I ever fished. Because, you know, they posted that video. I don't know if you saw that video how, how, about practice and how practice was rough. Oh, stuff. yeah. yeah. I, I, was, I was for sure that wasn't going to make it out. And then when it did, I was like, geez, if I don't win this tournament, I'm going to probably <laughs> lose all my sponsors. <laughs> and I'm going to catch so much. So I fished so hard them last two days. And, uh, man, it's just it off, incredible. Dude. Yeah, incredible. Well, you've got the fishing world talking, uh, obviously, there was already a lot of talk about you. You're pulling off the freaking unprecedented going to fish. You're going to fish a classic this year, but you're going to fish the Elite Series and the FLW Tour. We've already talked about it on here, but what does your right. next, like, three weeks look like? <laughs> uh, my next three weeks are uh, St. John's River, uh, Bassmaster Elite, Chick, 
uh, the next Bassmaster Elite, and then uh, Harris Chain for FLW. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're keeping score at home, he won the first FLW, and I'm not going to jinx him, but let's talk about this for a second. <laughs> I just want to get his reaction to this. So, if you're keeping right. up at home, St. John's River in Florida, um, No, I have no clue what's going on down there, weather-wise, whatever. I'll give John Cox a top 10 in that one. Let's move on to Chickamauga. <laughs> He's got more trophies at Chickamauga than Andy Morgan does at this point. So then we're going then we're going to Chickamauga. Now, granted, it's a time of year that I don't know if you've ever been there. Yeah, I've never been but there. That time, it doesn't so. matter, guys. Listen yeah. to me. John Cox, put him on your fantasy team. He's going to be in the top 10 there. Then he comes back to where? Oh, yeah, the Harris chain, <laughs> where he hasn't won yet but came really close both times FLW is going to be there. So uh, he's probably going to win the first two tournaments of the year. <laughs> do you, Dude, right. seriously, what are you feeling right now? Do you Are you – because momentum's huge. I mean – you yeah, got to be feeling I, good, right? And con- yeah, and I know yeah. you're not a cocky, confident guy, but right. I'm saying well, you got to be feeling good. All right. Well, you know, after the the second day uh, of the last tournament um, in Texas, uh, you know, I came off the water and I was like, "Wow." I'm like, I'm not going to make it through the season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was, I was tired. I felt like I hit by a truck. <laughs> so. I got to get you on this this fat ass challenge I'm doing on Low Budget Live. We're all losing weight together. You got to get on there, get the feeling good. Hey, boy, listen to this. I quit soda like two, three months ago. Heck yeah, completely. I've been completely miserable, and I went (laughs) and I went and I I went and weighed myself. My man, it's been a month and a half. I feel great, you know. I go jump on the scale. I lost like a pound and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I was getting ready to relapse right there. <laughs> You're like, give me the Coke. Give yeah, me all I'm the like, Cokes. Man, it ain't worth it. <laughs> it ain't worth it. <laughs> oh, man. That's so great. I love oh. that you said, I'm not going to make it through the season, man. It's yeah. the first tournament. <laughs> You're already tired. I know. I was after two days. I was like, man, I don't know if I can go anymore. And you just covered just, your entry fees right now. That's the bad part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So awesome, oh dude. So awesome. There's so many people pulling for you, dude. And I, I think that this will be one of the most watched uh, career moves in Elite Series history because so many people have wanted to see you fish over there with that bunch of guys. Right. Um, right. And, I, dude, it's going to be fun to watch. I, I, I can't wait to see next week. And what's, what's the weather doing down your way right now? Um, you know, it's actually – I got back from Texas, and it was actually pretty cool. And uh, – you know, which is holding the fish off from wanting to come up and stuff. So, um, but I mean, any day now we could get some warm weather and it could, uh, it could get right. Changes so, yeah. overnight down there, right? It really does. Like, it, it's amazing. Like, I mean, it, it's just, I mean, it does. It just, you know, you wake up one morning, it feels warm. Next thing you know, all the fish show up. And, you know, it's like a totally different lake. So, man, I'm, I'm thrilled though, man. The schedules are, you know, so <laughs> I do those three, do the classic, go to Martin, and then a, and then my April, my April's, my April's ridiculous. It's like Eufaula, Santee Cooper, and then Hartwell. Unreal. That's my, that's my three weeks in April. So, I mean, I, man, I'm just, I'm already losing sleep. I, I'm going to say it right here, and it's not a bold prediction. John Cox will win at least one more tournament this year, if not two. You heard it here. I'm looking at the camera. I'm talking to all you. I call the fans low lifers now. All you low lifers out there, listen. John Cox, I said it. John, do you think you can win another tournament this year? Oh, geez, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I was shocked by that one. So I mean, really, anything can happen. I mean, uh, you're going to win the classic. You know I, I said it here. 
I don't know. I've never caught him on Gunnersville. But, I mean, I I mean. Have you ever been there that time of year, March? uh, I've been there the end of March. Like, pretty much caught him on beds pretty good then. But not not as early as we're going to be there, but. Well, but I got a crankbait rod now. So. <laughs> Dude, there's the, kinda, really the possibilities are endless now. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kind of like, wow, this actually works. This is great. What if yeah. it just totally jacks up your entire style and you just start going throwing I, a crankbait everywhere now? And, and people are like, know, what I happened to the next like, podcast? Is me going, what happened to John Cox? Yeah, yeah I finished dead last. <laughs> it's a sight fish tournament. You're throwing a square bill yeah. at boat docks, and people are like, what the hell happened? <laughs> Yeah, what happened to this dude? Man, I hope not. I, I actually worried about something. I'm like, what if I like it so much that I just quit everything I know? Everything I know. I bet they'll buy a square bill right here instead of a chatterbait. Yeah. yeah. I'll be like, what are you saying? Loses an eight pounder. What's wrong with him? Yeah. Oh, that's oh, awesome, man. buddy. Well, look, dude, uh, I really appreciate you calling in. Or, and hey, taking the time man. to talk to us. We, we called up with you back. Uh, Late last fall, and everybody was pumped, but I had to get you on and tell you congratulations and uh, let the LBL lowlifers hear all about Rayburn. But uh, <laughs> hopefully, we'll get to talk to you again after freaking St. John's. Oh man, wouldn't that be, That'd awesome? be awesome, That'd be man? That would be That'd awesome. be awesome. Well, good luck, buddy. Uh, be safe on the road and, and just go keep catching them. <laughs> hey, thanks, Luke. I'll thanks, try, buddy. Man. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. John Cox. What a good dude, solid dude, solid, solid dude, and uh, <laughs> so funny to me, so funny, so funny. He uh, he is kind of that head case guy that's like, well, maybe that screwed me up now. Now he's like, can you imagine being the greatest fisherman maybe ever, and you've never really caught him on a crankbait? <laughs> Seriously, think about that. I got 4,000 damn crankbaits and jigs and spinnerbaits and whopper ploppers and spooks and walking baits and rattle traps and beetle spins and spoons. Dude, my dude throws a jig, a jig, a jig, a jig, a jig, a buzz bait sometimes, a chatterbait, a wacky uh, Berkeley General or whatever it is, and... Just added this year a crankbait to his arsenal. <laughs> One of the greatest of all time. John Cox is, oh, he's special, man. He's special. That's so crazy. Uh, and really, I know it's not going outside the box very much to say, this dude's going to win. But think about that, man. He's still got the classic coming up. He's got all these, he's got more opportunities to win big events than anybody this year just by the amount of tournaments he's fishing. And they freaking put it on a platter for him because the schedules just suit him so much. The only thing I worry about with him is, like he said, is uh, stamina. (laughs) Oh, he cracks me up. I love John Cox. Hope y'all enjoyed that very much. Texting our next guest. Our next guest is another John, and he's a John I've been knowing for a very, very long time, and he is entering his about, uh, I believe, 14th season on the Bassmaster Elite Series. He fished the Bassmaster Tour before that, before it was called the Elite Series. Uh, Been knowing him for a very long time. Um, 
He has 11 Bassmaster Classic appearances, one Elite Series victory. He's also the owner and founder of Missile Bait Company. My man, Mr. Johnny Cruz, he is on his way to the St. John's River right now. Yeller. John Cruz. What is going on, Mr. Luke? How are you, buddy? Not too bad. I got me a little head cold, and I'm driving in the rain uh, headed to a tournament. Well, you are uh, St. John's River bound, I'm guessing? Yes, sir, Reebok. That's one of those places I feel like when, when you suit up, and you pack up, and you were sitting in your garage rigging. When you're knowing you're going to the St. John's in February, you got to have some butterflies, especially after the tournament you had down there last year. De- definitely, you know the you know the one common mistake that every angler makes is that when you see the same place on the schedule, you're expecting it to be the same thing. Yeah, it, and we you and I've been doing this long enough. It is never the same. You're right. It's never the same. You're right. So it, 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 there is a th- that place. I've fished it numerous times, and, and I'm talking like throughout the last 40 years of you know popular bass fishing, the St. John's River produces 10 pounders after 10 pounders after 10 pounders, and it does. And so it's it's one of the places that just is a factory for big fish. It really I, and is. I, can't, I I do I do really enjoy going there, and uh, and. Sometimes it can be kind of tough, but sometimes it can be really good, too. And last year, y'all ran into a situation where there wasn't much grass, right? I mean, a lot of the right. grass yeah, was gone. Had, yep, they had that hurricane come through the year before, and the water got real high, and it killed off all the eelgrass. I mean, there were, I, I mean, there was more grass in one one person's yard than it was that I found <laughs> on the river. That's what it looked like from the footage. Yeah, but it was good. It was still good, though. Oh, was yeah, like, man. That place is special. And, you know, believe it or not, as long as I've been doing this, as long as I, you and I have been knowing each other, I've never put a boat in on the St. John's River, not one time. Dude. Nah, nah, I know. <laughs> I know. Didn't you do good there in a uh, in another tournament back in the day? I'm trying to think. like Maybe like a cranking tournament or something. I know you caught him in Okeechobee one time cranking back yep, in the day I in the low water tournament. tournament. Um but yeah, it was. Uh, I, I made a check there one time in an open that That's was, was in December. That's I think what I'm it thinking was. about. Yeah, it was, an, and I was cranking in uh, actually in Rodman. Okay. And uh, it was you and uh, I was with uh, Kobe Carden. Kobe Carden, old cranking the old Bandit 200. I'll, pro- I'll promise you. You know what? They don't even bite that anymore. So, ladies and gentlemen, y'all can one, just forget I'll give about you that. One I'll give you one guess on the color it was, it was being thrown. <laughs> I, know, I know what color it was. <laughs> it was O-A-N-W, Barks. I promise you. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Kobe Carton, that dude uh, That dude can smash him. If anybody from Alabama is listening, y'all are going, shut up talking about Kobe Carton. Quit giving him love because he takes all y'all his money about every weekend. Yeah. All yep. the time. I, I met a I met a guy last weekend at one of my shows, and he lived. He, I was talking to him. He lived on Lay Lake. I said, "You know who Kobe Carden is?" He goes, well, "Yes, I do." <laughs> I bet you're like, "I bet you do." <laughs> so many, yep. so many good guys in that area. But Kobe and them, man, him and Chris Rutland, Russ Lane, Jamie Horton, all those boys. That's right. Um, yeah. Well, buddy, I've been knowing you. I was thinking today, it's got to be at least twenty years now, which makes it us is. really old. And when I first met you, you were fishing the Bassmaster Invitationals then. They were the Bassmaster yep. Eastern Invitationals. What year was it that you officially qualified for the then Bassmaster Tour? Was it 99, 2000? Um, 
I went, I officially the invitationals right out of college. And so I, I my first invitational was in the, uh, September of 2000. Okay. So your and first, then I believe it was the next spring when the, the fourth tournament of that year, that season was on Pickwick. Yep. Yep. And I think you were in, so that would have been, I was at the more. meeting. I was, I was yep. at the meeting. No, I, I fished that when I was a senior in high school. Yeah. And yeah. I fished that one as a non-boater, and I zeroed all three days. <laughs> and it, and it was at brutal. That, time on Pickwick, that was easy. It was to brutal, do. man. And uh, that was the Leon Tibble tournament. Yeah, that's that was right. The famous Leon Tibble tournament. So, but at that time, not long after that, you were fishing the FLW tour. Um, yep. And you did that as a co-angler too, right? I did that for a co-angler. Yeah, that year I did it as a co-angler, and went out there and and just. You know, tried to learn and and every, and I was fishing the invitationals at the same time, mm-hmm. and, and it was kind of cool because like you know that year as a co angler, I fished in the back of the boat with uh, Charlie Hartley, who I already knew well, and that was fun. I fished in the back of uh, Larry Nixon's boat, wow. which was an, an experience, amazing. And then I fished in the back of Timmy Horton's boat wow. while he was sight fishing. Timmy's a very good sight fisherman. Yes, he is. And uh, we had some great conversations. We had a lot of talk just about sight fishing uh, as he was sight fishing. And uh, it was cool. And that was back when you could actually help the person in the front of the boat. So I was I was trying to help him spot the fish and all that. You, you were holding trees because power poles didn't and docks because yeah, power poles didn't exist. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I spotted a couple of them and he, uh, by golly, he, he snatched them. He too. snatched them so, up, so, dude. He well, did. Yeah, he did a good day. That's... Uh, that's awesome. I love hearing stories like that, and I think that uh, I think that a lot of people enjoy that. I remember you and I. You were the first person. I've learned a lot from you over the years, uh, from everything from fishing to the business side for sure. And I've always respected you immensely, and and uh, just thought a lot of you as a person. But I remember you and I. You had an FLW on Wheeler. Uh, yep. Would have been about probably two thousand two or so, two thousand three, and it was the last FLW of the year. You were trying to make the cup, and you were like, "Hey." And you could practice with people, and you were like, and I lived on Wheeler, but you weren't asking me for local yokel knowledge. You said, hey, I want to go up here to this Gunnersville Dam area and go throw a drop shot around. And that was the first time, and I caught a big spot with you that day. That was the first time I'd ever drop yep. shot in my entire life. And I remember you, you were talking about robo worms, and I was like, what in the hell is a robo worm? <laughs> but I, I'll never forget that up there around the lock walls. But uh, yep. you and I fished together, and I learned I learned so much uh, just on that trip with you. But uh, fast forward, uh, over the years, I've learned a lot more for, from you other than that. But you've always been... Think, was that... Was that the same tournament that I borrowed the boat from? Yes, yes. You you, you had a boat uh, mishap. I can't remember now what happened, but yeah, you ended up in my dad's Triton. Uh, That's right. Who was a really at, who, which he had at the time, and he's a really big guy. And you had to take the windshield off so you could see. That is correct. <laughs> I remember that because you pull up at way, and my yep. dad my dad's like super OCD about his stuff, and he's like. Where's my windshield? And I said, John broke it today. I'll never forget the look on his face. He goes, are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah, man, I don't know. He like lost one on a jig and it broke the windshield. And for like 30 seconds, he was so pissed that he couldn't breathe. And I was like, dad, he had to take it off so he could see to drive because of take where your hot foot's at. Yeah, take take a breath there, Big Marty. But yeah, man, that was, uh, you. did you make the cup that year? I did. Or the championship, I yeah, did. that was the tournament that did. I, I remembered that. That was because I remember yep. standing like in the tent behind the tent waiting to see the final points to see if you made it that's that's crazy man so fast forward to now and you are 
an Elite Series standout, made 11 classics, and you are the owner and founder of a very successful tackle company. Dude, talk about when the day came that you decided to go into business with Missile because you've always been a tinkerer. You, you taught me yep. a lot back in the day. You t- tinker with crankbaits and things. Obviously, you've got the Spro Little Johns that you design. You've always had a passion for certain crankbaits and homemade things. But where do you, where does that come from where you decide, hey, I'm going to start a soft plastics company in Virginia? You know, it was, um, it really came kind of from the Spro side. It, I had, um, yeah, I had a, had a nice um, complement of sponsors. Um, that I built through the mid 2000s and um, I really enjoyed working with all those companies some some in the industry some out and then then 2008 hit yeah and I lost about 70 percent of my sponsor income wow uh, and it's pro was one of those that was that did not I did not lose and and that's about the time I was starting with pro and over the next couple of years, I was really enjoying the design and promotion part of of what I did with Spro, and I said, "Man, I want to do the same thing on soft, with soft plastics." And I, I talked with a, comp, a couple companies about, you know, just kind of duplicating that model, but with soft plastics. And I came to the conclusion I wanted to start over with a new brand, and that was one of the things that I pitched to one of the companies that said, "Look, I know you have your own brand." But I want to start a new brand and design all the baits for it, and they didn't. They didn't go for it, and it was so it became pretty obvious that I, I needed to do this on my own, and uh, and it was just. Yeah, it, and then I I thought I knew what I was getting myself into, until I actually started the company, <laughs> and, and just like most things, you, you think you know what you're doing until you actually go to do it, and then you realize how much you don't know, um, but but. I tell you the one thing that has it really helped me early on in the first couple of years was that all the contacts that I did have in the industry from the people at Spro and the and the all the other companies that I had worked with and did work with at the time. You know, they introduced me to you know the various distributors and and then I would call them and I would just ask them a bunch of questions, you know, about margins and products, turns and discontinued items, and all just trying to learn as much as I could and. Um, and I'm, you know, I still learn a lot, of, you know, every year about the, the business side of it, and and it's it's just been it's been a lot of fun to to just really see it kind of grow and blossom uh, from from all of the all the work that's gone into it. No doubt, dude. And you you're so hands on because I've got a full time gig. I also fish the tour, and I do all the YouTube stuff, and and I do this podcast and I know how hard it is because you're active on social media, you're active on YouTube. You it's very hard and you also have this amazing family and a pretty good size family too and with active kids. Um you have a a, a wife that competes as well. You've got a lot yeah. of things. You you guys have a lot going on and it's so hard to balance that but you are hands-on in your business. You know, I see you posting from shows all over the country all the time. You know, you could, and I'm sure you do send employees. Uh, you probably don't send Shannon Wheeler because nobody wants to send him anywhere. But you probably send a lot send of him to the classic. Send, baby. Yeah, send him to the classic. Um, but but I know you you've got guys that have to help you, and and you got a lot of great employees. But 
you're there, man. You're there in the mix all the time. How how hard is it to balance all that for you? It, it's difficult. It requires. It definitely requires a lot of planning, and I, and I and it, that's one of the things that I have. Uh, it's taken me, I mean, years to to get better at. And I know early on that was one of my one of my downfalls, not in anything else other not in the business side or the fishing side, but just um, just in the the learning curve of owning your own business and being a professional bass angler. As as the bass angler, I'm used to doing everything myself, right? And and then having employees to to make sure that you're managing. At the same time, and then you know, as we're growing, we've grown to to now we have you know four full time employees, and and we've got about three or four part timers that that come on that are there. You know, some of them are working close to forty hours a week, and you know, some of them are just on a special project assignment basis. Uh, there's two of them that are here that are there like that. Miles uh, is doing some videography work for us. Uh, you know, taking some of the load off of Shannon what, and what all he's doing. And then uh, Andy Thomason, who's fishing the Opens. And Andy's from, uh, he's local. He's been working with us for a little bit. I've known Andy since he was a teenager. And now he's in his late 20s trying to make the elites. And, and Andy, I'm giving him some more special projects uh, over the last year or so. When he's home, I've given him special projects. And just managing all that, kind of planning for it, is, is the thing that I feel like I've in the last year, I feel like I've gotten a lot better at it. And, uh, and that's just, I think part of it is just getting into that routine of doing it. And I think that it, it can affect you. It can affect your fishing or it can affect your family life or it can affect the business at Missile. I mean, I know I've gone through that with TH um, and, and the tour and, and with family. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a freaking careful balance, man. And, and there are times, you know, I'm lucky and I, and I know your wife's probably the exact same way that, that Marissa will say, hey, pump the brakes like yeah, you gotta kind of check yourself bit. you know you know what i mean yeah. in a way you gotta hey you gotta yeah. get a hold of this because this is uh i know you're excited about this but you gotta you know you got this coming up and um i i've learned to be a lot more organized and and you've uh and i'm i'm a sloppy messy dude about half the time but i i've had to learn to get a lot more organized with all this or things fall through the cracks <laughs> they absolutely do and you know, our office manager there at Missile, Julie, she is she's amazing at keeping everything going and making sure nothing falls through the cracks when I'm gone. And she is just a key key component of what what we do there. Um, but you know, I will say that early on early on when I was dating my wife and I, I, I thought that things were gonna get more serious and wanted to settle down with, with her and everything, I I was uh, I was around David Walker and he had he had gone through a divorce and had remarried and he's obviously still happily remarried with uh, with his wife Missy now but I asked him early on I said hey man what what was the difference and that was one of those tournaments where I was just I just happened to be rooming right next to him at an FLW and we had you know the day was over and we were just kicking back drinking a few beers and, and eating a pizza or something and I, I just said hey man hey look I said, I'm not trying to pry up into your business. I said, but, you know, I'm looking to get a little more serious with this uh, this woman that I'm dating. And, and I just want to know, what was your recipe for success? And he, he goes, oh, well, that's simple. And I'm thinking, you know, there's going to be this prophetic advice come out. And he goes, when you're on the road, it's all business, nothing but fishing. When you're home, it's them. 
And I was like, oh, okay. And he said, and dude, it doesn't matter if you're fishing or selling boxes or whatever you're doing. And he said, if you're on the road, you know, you handle your business and you treat it like that. And he said, when you're home, don't go running around playing golf with your buddies and this, that, and the other. And he said, you know, you, you, you take your family seriously and it'll work. And I said, oh, well, duh, that, that makes perfect sense. And, and I, I really kind of lived by that philosophy ever since. I mean, I, I love to play golf and I like to play poker and all that stuff, but I haven't done that stuff in, uh, in forever. Uh, but because I just, you know, it's lower down. It's not a priority for me. That, that's, I think part of the success and part of the ability to juggle all that stuff. And I think you, you've managed to do the same thing. If it's not, if it's not something that's high on your priority list, it can wait. Or that's you right. Don't have to do it. That, that's, that's right. I mean, I don't even fish as much as I would like to when I'm home from fishing. You know, I see guys that just go, right. go, 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 go. But man, when you got a, I got I got all these boys playing sports and things. It's like I'm not right. going to go fishing on a Saturday. I'm going to go watch their football, basketball, baseball, soccer, whatever. We're going to go do right. that. And now, if they want to go fishing, then we go fishing. Um, but but that's uh, that's definitely good advice that you were given, and and you definitely live by it. You know, just seeing how involved you are with the kids, it's it's always fun to keep up on social media with everything you guys have going on. But one other question about missile, I saw ish. Teasing something on Twitter looks like you got something coming in March. Oh yeah, we got uh, we got a new classic uh, Bassmaster Classic release that okay. the week of the classic we're going to put it out. Heck um, yeah! I can just tell you that there was a uh, one or two techniques that are relatively new, and, and and I was I found myself catching a lot of fish in most of the tournaments last year on one of these or both of these techniques okay and and i was basically buying you know various products on the market trying to figure out what was the best one to use and 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 then finally about halfway through the year it dawned on me it's like duh you just need to design one (laughs) you just need to make one okay yeah we just make one so it's it's coming at the classic and uh, it's gonna be pretty cool yeah i mean it's it's nothing super fancy but it's extremely effective and uh Perfect. You'll see the uh, you'll see the underwater teases coming coming uh, right before the classic. Well, I can tell you that that little that little Ned bomb last year, I got my hands on some of those and uh, they like that little joker. Yeah, boy, that thing has been uh, it's been good. There's we got a ton of huge response on that bait and and so yes, if you like that bait, I, I really think you'll like. And it's it, it's not just one bait. There's actually two baits coming. Okay. Exciting. I'm excited. Heck yeah, man. I, I, I love it, man. Um, well, I want to switch gears um, and go. Let's talk about some Bassmaster. What? Uh, yeah. So, 19, we had all these crazy changes in our industry. All this we've talked to death. But uh, what would, how, what kind of grade would you give the overall uh, Bassmaster um, season for 2019? You know, Bassmaster, the season was, is it was definitely a fun year. Uh, you know, going for over a dozen years, rooming with Ish and, and Ike and Ellie, um, that, that kind of, that part of it well, stunk that I was not able to right. room with them again. Um, and that doesn't mean I can't talk with them guys, you know, every week right. or every other week, I mean, which I do. But uh, as far as the tournaments go, it was, the, the fields was a little bit smaller, 
And and I don't I don't think that the competition was was any less at all. It sure didn't look uh, like it, it. Even even some of the places that we went to, that we had been to, the cut weights were higher. And yep. I mean, you saw the St. John's just total smash fest, and Winya Bay we've been to before. The weights were higher than they'd ever been, and and it, I don't think that the, you know it automatically the fish showed up or anything like that. I mean, I'm telling you, dude, the, the dudes on the on the elite series are are, are really really good. No, no that doubt. Part of it was that part. It was fun. It was fun to fish against new people, and it was definitely uh, I think a, a bond because of all the stuff that went on. Was, those guys that were putting on that bass patch in 2019, there was there was a definite bond between between those guys and I can tell you it's it's probably the least amount of animosity between a group of anglers I've ever I've ever been around it's really cool that that seems to be a common theme from everybody I've talked to and talking to Mercer and talking to Zona you know it seemed like a, a lot of people were like it, there was this camaraderie pride in what you were doing and and the difference in everything else that was going on last year, I felt like it was kind of like you didn't have to defend it, right? You know, I mean, it was it was yeah. this, I mean, it, it was make, just everybody no joining together. Make no mistake about it, Bassmaster. I think they they reflected on everything that they were had been doing as well. And of course, realized that they could improve in some areas, and, and, I, and I feel like they really made some some hard efforts to to make improvements where they felt like they were lacking in, in previous years. For sure. And and as somebody, and you know, there's 40 of us that, that had been there and stayed, and I can tell you that that 40 very much appreciated what, what Bass did to, to kind of reinvent their, themselves and uh, make them, make themselves better and, tr- and try to make the sport better in, in general. Well, and I, and I think the same can be said for guys like Swindle and Polnick. I mean, you know, they left with the masses, but then they wanted to come back because – I mean, there are changes, and and their heart told them to. You know, they wanted to right. they wanted to get back there, um, and I'm, I'm glad to see those guys back. But I think this year, I thought the the 2019 field was ridiculous. It was strong. Um, there was a lot of new faces that we got to know. But then, of course, the guys I knew from the FLW tour that they sent over there um, that were just stone cold killers <laughs> last year. Right. A lot of them that I'd been competing against that I was like, man, you guys are going to enjoy fighting those guys off. Um, now you've got some more guys. Brian Schmidt, who's one of your guys, is coming over. Um, That's right. And that dude's trouble everywhere he goes. You got Buddy Gross. Right. You got uh, Austin Felix. Called him on tour a ton. You got some guys coming over. Uh, it's only going to get stronger. I mean, it's just it's just going to be another stout year. I feel like. Oh no doubt. It's, there's a lot of hammers that that are adding into the the mix this year, and you know, the, for, for the first time on the Elite Series ever. 100% of the, the field returns for the for the second year. Yeah, that's cool. And to me, that, that says a lot about what Bass is doing uh, from, you know, paying the whole field and, you know, the way they're conducting tournaments and the way they've got things scheduled and, you know, the, and the other added benefits that they bring to the anglers. Uh, and they, like I said, it's never happened. 100% of the anglers all returned for, for the, the next season. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what happens next week at St. John's. I think that uh, there'll be a lot of people glued to live, hoping some uh, great right. big ones get called, I'm sure. Um, which event, and this is a cliche question, but i got to ask it because I'm interested about the schedule. Which event are you looking forward to the most? You kind of got, and, I, and like we said, it's on, it's a name of a lake, 
and it's a date on a piece of paper. And so where there's always assumptions, oh man, they're going to be on bed here or we're going to catch them cranking here. But which, just right now on paper, which lake stands out to you is, is one that's going to be your favorite? Yeah, well, to me, it, a lot of times it, it ends up being the lake where you have the chance to catch the biggest fish of the whole year. And as being the, the lucky dude that caught the biggest fish of the year last year <laughs> on the whole Elite Series, uh, there is really, I, I'm, there's three events, possibly four, but there's three events where I think any one of those three could show the biggest fish of the year. And that's the St. John's, which we're going to. I think there's absolutely bigger fish to be caught in that river. Then we go straight from there to Lake Chickamauga oh, in yeah. February when those fish are just going to be absolute tanks. I heard about two weeks ago somebody caught a 14 on a yep. jerk bait there. Yep. I overheard some some dude say that at, at a fishing show I was at last weekend, and I was like, oh, Lord have mercy, I didn't hear just hear that. I had to walk, I had to walk away. You're like, like, la, 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 not listening, not 14. listening. <laughs> um, so I, I don't, that's what I heard. And then, uh, the ne- and then Lake Fork. I mean, so those, any one of those three, uh, if any one of those three were canceled for some reason, I would be extremely upset. <laughs> now, you guys are going back to Orange this year, though, right? And at Fork, we're going the first week of June, and there's there's more 10-pounders caught in June on Lake Fork than any other time of year. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're going to be, they're going to be, Sacked up on uh, on those goods holes, I'm sure. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I know a guy that makes a crankbait with his name on it that he'll probably yeah, enjoy. That's right. Yeah, uh, and there's all kind of different ways to catch them. No yeah, doubt. It's really starting to get set up. The shad's fall and finally gets done with, and and then big ones actually just get out there and start to get on that hard stuff. Uh, uh, so it's, that's yeah. You guys are going to Orange again too, right, Sabine? That's right. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that little place. I don't know why, but. It's just, I think it's a fun place to fish. It's a fun place to watch a tournament, too. I know the weights aren't huge, but the strategy that goes into that and just the, the you know, it's meat and potatoes fishing. You're not going to see a guy drop shotting in 30 feet of water there. Uh, it's right. all, you know, full contact, shallow water power fishing stuff. And I thought the last one there was great. Um, you know, I know the crowds always turn out there. So I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to seeing that one, too, for sure. For sure. Um, I got to ask you, just because I, I, it has to be asked. So yeah. w- when this split happened, what made you stay at Bass? What what would, what would was your, you know, the majority left. So what's, what's in John Cruz's mind, um, if you don't mind me asking, when that split happens that, that makes you stay with Bass? Other than the obvious, that's where your career started, and you're like me. The classic is a huge thing in your life. Um, Talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Um, initially, I would say, I'd say that there's only a handful of guys that look at that look at the professional tournament trail as a as a platform to to do the rest of your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we we all love the competition. We all love the you know the tournaments and that kind of stuff. Um, and when I heard when I heard about the MLF starting the VPT, I had some optimism because I know what I know how our sport changed when the FLW tour came into existence. Yes, Bass it, Bass had to wake up. They they put forth you know a hell of a product in the Elite Series, and, and you know it was a force to be reckoned with, and, and still is. So I was like, man, you know if if there's another 
major player in this game, I said, man, this this could be really good. And and I, and I think that the result of everything that has happened has all been, you know, for the most part, very positive for the whole industry, and for, and especially for the anglers. I mean, Lord have mercy, the anglers have uh, benefited more than anybody. Mm-hmm. But the um, so when the initial round of invite, well, to go back further. I, I've turned down the offer to go to the to the selects uh, in the past. The TV show. To the TV show, it just it didn't make any sense for me to do do it. Um, and that costs money, just, right? It did at the time. It, they, they got away from that, but that didn't matter to me because the the timing was was off. I had I had just started missile baits, and, and when they asked me, and it it was not the good right timing. And I, I had family obligations during the filming of the show, and so I, I turned it down. And I know that that's like a uh, a big strike against you. It's a no-no. You, uh, yeah, it's a no-no. And, and when they started, just like super briefly, back when they started the MLF, um, I was not fully supportive of it because at the time I was president of the PAA. Mm-hmm. And I felt like those guys should have been putting their efforts into the PAA instead of into something that um, privately owned, only benefited a handful of owners. Uh, and that was my first. And, and all the all the all the original owners know this. Yes, and, of course. And I think that was another strike. And so when the first round of invitations went out for the for the BPT, I did, I did not get the invitation, which I pretty much that's kind of what I expected. Right. Um, I mean, if I had a classic title or AOI or something like that, it might have been a different story, but, I'm, you know, no, no big deal, really. And then uh, one of our, um, not long after the, the first round of invitations went out, everything was hitting the fan, so to speak, uh, amongst the anglers. And, you know, a lot of people, I was just staying neutral, you know. Yeah. I wanted guys to go wherever they wanted to go. Be happy. And Yeah, and one of, my, uh, one of our mutual friends, it's an owner over there, um, contacted me and said, hey, look, man, uh, we know an invitation is going to come open. Uh, we've already had a couple of declines. Would you be interested in, in hearing the presentation? And I, I just told him outright, I said, you know what? Let's let's just save ourselves any any amount of time. I said, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decline it either way. I said, and, and plus, we don't have to go down that road for me to hurt your feelings. Yeah. So let's just. I said. So let's just not even not, not even go there. I'm gonna just go ahead and stay with Bass, and you guys just you know you guys do your do your thing, man. And uh, and he and I still talk. You know he and I, that you know we still talk frequently. So, um, so I don't think there was really any major feelings hurt because of it. And for me not to not to go to MLF uh, was a um, somewhat of a strategic, but it just I just didn't feel like that was the right platform. For me to promote all of my sponsors and uh, and the company that I had uh, that I've worked so hard to to build to the point of where it is, I felt like Bass was was going to be a better platform for the immediate future to do that. And I'm not saying that MLF is not going to be successful. I'm not saying that MLF is not a good platform to to promote sponsors. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying for where I, where my position is, I felt like it was, it was a better better platform. Um, yeah, in the immediate future and foreseeable future for, for me. I, I to- that's I totally the major reason that I've stuck with Bass. Well, th- thank you for talking about that. I, I, I mean, 
I, I, I like asking guys just because, you know, peer pressure is is a real thing in this industry, right? And and you've always been a guy that's, yeah. that stood on your own. Um, I can remember, I mean, kind of a trendsetter in a lot of ways, but you – I can remember being when we were younger, and dude, you would you're flying to ICAST before really anybody even wanted you to be there working a booth, and you're out there working and moving and shaking, and 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 you've always been this hustler and this go getter, so um, and very independent at the same time, and you you you're outspoken with your ideas, like you're talking about the PAA, the Professional Anglers Association that was started right. up to kind of be the anglers' go to against the organizations somewhat in a way, and kind of where they could band together. Um, you've always been very active in that, so. I like to get opinions from guys that left because, like we've seen with with me and what happened when I kind of got outspoken, um, people don't like people that speak their minds or go against the grains a, a little bit here. And I know that yeah. guys like Fighter and Drew Benton and some of these guys, that, and Chris Aldane, of course, they felt that. You know, they kind of felt that heat come their way. Um, so I always so, like yeah, to ask that. Some of, yeah, some of those guys, and that, and that was, I mean, uh, making – making me look really smart which i just i don't know that that was the case it was it's kind of kind of like a gut instinct thing but um you know those guys i think receiving the invitation and getting the full uh sell on going and then they declined it was uh you know it hurt it hurt feelings i'm sure and, and no doubt there was a lot of uh there was a lot of pretty pretty amazing things said back and forth <laughs> <laughs> between people that were friends, like no long time friends and stuff, and I and I hear heard some of the stories, and I'm like, that's just crazy because, I mean, like I said, me and Ike and Ish, I mean, we're the closest guys, and I mean, we've never had to cross words. I mean, Ish is, um, and Mike both are amazingly supportive of everything I'm doing at Bass, and I mean, I want one of them two guys to win every freaking tournament. Of course, there. Uh, of course. So I, that's and that's the way it should be. To- I mean, totally. I've, I've got a bunch of friends over there. On, Me too. On and then, and then some of them that that I never hear from again. And I was like, well, hell, I guess they weren't my friend to begin with. Well, that's what I ran into with some guys, and and uh, and I ran into it with some that I thought I was really good friends with. Once I started the podcast, started getting a little heat this fall, and I'm like, oh, okay, well. I get it, you know, whatever. But and, and that's a shame that it has to be that way because we all started this because we love catching little green fish. You know, ultimately, right. that's when we talk about all this business stuff, you know, if there are any kids listening, the thing is, like, don't worry about all this mess. Just go to the pond well, and catch one on a D-bomb. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, you know, I, I'll, I'll talk, you know, especially over the last year, a lot of, there's been a lot of conversations around this topic and, and people go, man, why does it have to be like this? Why is there so much political crap? I'm like, hold on, dude. Whoa, time out. Have you ever been around another industry before? Because if you have, <laughs> yeah. every freaking one of them is exactly like this. Oh, yeah. So you, dude, they got so many issues going on in baseball, basketball, football, and Every one of them is the same way. Dude, I came up in the music industry, like trying it in the music. I mean, it's brutal, buddy. Brutal. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, with even within the last 12 months, it's not that bad, really. And it's not. Dude, just, just it'll chill. It's going to sort itself out. You know, and the, and fishing's going to start back next week. We've had all this off season to run our mouths and do stuff like this, but fishing starts next week. I think BPT starts as well, and it's going to sort itself out. We're gonna we're coming up on the classic, and things are going to get back to normal. I really believe. I I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. You know, I mean, I, you know, whether 
whether people get offended by, you know, when when people are critical of something, I mean, it's real easy for people to get defensive. No doubt. I mean, I mean, just it's not worth it, man. No, I mean, it's, it's not. It's not worth it. I mean, I love it when the haters get on there and and post like the most ludicrous, offensive comments on anything on my social media because I, I, I'm amused by it. I like, oh, yeah, it makes me laugh. this person thinking? And, uh, and so I just, I, I think people should just not worry about, because um, so, obviously if they're making something and being really critical, they don't understand the situation. That's exactly right. They don't right. know what's really going on. So no. Just, man, just let it go. The internet will correct itself. That's what I always say. Yeah, no doubt about it. It'll it'll figure itself out. There's always going to be the mom's basement guy that's going to comment that's craziness. Right. And you know what? If he goes away, there'll be another one take his place. I, I see some... Uh, I see some funny ones sometimes. Uh, it's just the knee-jerk uh, reaction. Yeah, in these that's days. right, I mean, man. I don't care. I mean, you can look at the, you know, as far as the politics go in the in the federal government level. I mean, it, it, there's people that family members that don't speak to each other no because they're doubt. different party affiliation. No to doubt. me, that is unbelievably asinine. That is just yes. so ridiculous. But it's but it's My a reality. And I have totally different political views, and the, and. We're, we talk all the time, and we're, it doesn't affect our... Like, so I don't know how people can... can even, and the uh, crazy thing is, if we were all the same, and this is the cliche saying, but if we were all the same, this life would be incredibly boring. Incredibly oh, yeah. boring. And you wouldn't have things like uh, tournament trails that pop up, you know, new creative ways to express ideas. You wouldn't have funny videos on social media. You wouldn't have great songs to listen to. Stand-up comedians. Mo- I mean, if we're all the same, if, none of this matters. Didn't. Yeah, and if we didn't disagree with people, then how, what would we have memes to make? Exactly for, you know? right. Exactly I mean, right. The world is better placed with memes. It just is. <laughs> no doubt. Memes are the best. Oh, that, that reminds me. We, we gotta get. I gotta. I gotta call Fletcher and see if he got that scrapbook of the memes that he was asking for for Christmas. Because that, <laughs> that that is. If he's got that, I have got to see it. You know, I want to think he probably got it. <laughs> I got to think he probably did. Poor Fletcher. Poor Fletcher. Yeah. He just, you know, sometimes you just send it. <laughs> sometimes you just go full <laughs> send. And you right, just, he did. He I mean, did. That's, that's what, it's what he did on the motorcycle, and it's, it's what he does yeah. on the internet. He it's wrapped her up and sent it. <laughs> he just sent it, buddy. And you go over that jump. It's a, you got the fiery hoop and you're going through it and you don't know what's going to be on the other side sometimes. Yep, yep. Just like that cat says, uh, God bless his heart. God know? bless him. God bless him. Bless your heart. Oh, me. I love it. Well, John Boy, I, I hope that you go down there to the St. John's River and catch another freaking giant this year. And maybe you'll catch, uh, how many of those suckers do you need? 20 giants. Hey, I'm going to try to catch the 20th biggest bass I can catch, however big they are, and uh, hopefully it'll be it'll be, uh, be really high up there. But I'll tell you what, last year when I caught that 11-2, I walked off stage and I talked to the media, and they had asked, you know, 100 questions how to do that, that and they're interviewing Clun over there because he had had a good day, and then Clun comes over to me and he goes, how big was that fish? And I said, 11-2. He says, you wouldn't believe in practice. He said, I caught one that that was way bigger than that he said it was he said i think it was you know it was over 12 um he said it was so big i went to pick it up with one hand 
and and I, he said, I couldn't get it over the side of the boat, so I had to I had to drop it back down and then take my other hand and, and pull it over. Unbelievable! And I, I looked I looked right at Rick and I said, you know what, Rick? It's a damn shame you caught that in practice. No doubt. <laughs> 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 he was like, he started laughing. <laughs> How cool is so, that uh, conversation? You and I are about the same uh, age. Yeah. That conversation alone's worth doing this for a living. <laughs> hey, he is a, he is just a great guy. People don't even understand. Oh, he is, yeah. uh, he's a lot yes. of fun. He's I know he's mellowed out over the last ten or ten or twenty years, but uh, man, he is just he's he's a fun guy. He's the best dude. I mean, the goat. Everybody wants to throw around term goat. That's the goat right there. Yeah, and I mean it's, it's between him and him and Kevin. That's and, right. I mean, I think Roland's in the conversation, but that's I mean that's about it as far as angling. No me. doubt. That's it. No doubt. We might. I don't know though. We might be writing a new one with Mister John Cox. <laughs> well, that dude, he is. Uh, he has got the Midas touch. That's for sure. He, you know, I had him on before you you came on. We, we were talking about Sam Raver and his victory, and he legit told me, and you'll have to go back and listen, but he legit told me that he decided this year to learn how to fish a crankbait. <laughs> For the first well, time ever. Him, I want to, I I want that lesson. I want that lesson from whoever that guy No was. doubt. Just goes first term of the year. Here's a hundred grand. Here you go. I want a crankbait. Amazing yeah, story. He, he had me rolling on here earlier. I think he's a, he's a prime example of an angler with a lot of talent that knows how to stay focused on what really matters. That's right. And, and that's the fish. That's exactly right, man. Yeah. He is, that's that's I, great. I think if you ask him about any about half of these questions that, that you asked me, he'd go, I don't know. Uh, I found this new crankbait. I think they'll like <laughs> He's that. like, I like a wacky worm. <laughs> right. I'm going to a wacky worm. I'll show you how to catch one. Yeah, that's you're right, dude. He's a and he's gotten a lot better on the business side of it because he's had to. That comes with success, you know. You you have to if you're trying to do it for a living, right? I mean, it's important to. I've I've always felt it's important. It's important to be able to mix both the business and the fishing to maximize on your opportunities. You know, there are guys out there that don't want to, and that's fine too. But to truly be a professional. I think you've got it. You got to get because sponsors get frustrated with you. I mean, you know that if you catch every bass in the world, but you can't talk your way out of a paper sack, or you can't remember the names of products and things like that when you're catching them on, they oh, yeah, get frustrated. I mean, you, you have a yeah, you have a prime opportunity to where you know maybe the the fishing rod that you were using was a big deal in, in your win, and you just don't even mention it. That's right. And yeah. they could have sold they could have sold them things for the next two years as fast as they could make them, and you just. Forgot to mention it. That's that's right, and oh. and and so it's a careful balance, and I think young guys they they need to know they need to know that you need to be but hone your fishing skills, but you better you better know the other game too because people are getting better and better and better, and it's getting more and more competitive out there. I'll tell you, hey, I'll tell you one quick funny story on John Cox. He told me that um, I was asking him about honestly, I was asking him about his Cox juice uh, because I was. <laughs> I was interested in his cox juice, and he told me that he was taking his kids to school after he'd gotten his truck wrapped, and it had cox juice really big on the side of it, and he didn't even think about it until he rolls up to the school, and he said he saw the principal standing out there, and the lady looked down at He said he saw her eyes go right to where that cox juice was, and he said the expression on her face was amazing of confusion and awe and horror and, and horror she didn't know what was going on 
And he goes, oh, Lord, I can't have this truck to school anymore with my kids. That's so perfect. That's so John. That's so perfect. He is, man. He is a really funny guy. Oh, he's the best, man. I'm looking forward to him being on the Elite Series, but I just hope I'm not donating to You you and John will get along really well. Dude, he and I got to be big buddies before uh, I left the tour. He and I talked a good bit, and he was always just that bright spot in your day when he came walking up or you saw him on the water, man. He's he's, – Oh, he's a trip. He's so funny, so humble, kind. He's a he's a good man. So I look forward to seeing him over there and seeing what he does this year with you guys. He's he's a good one, man. Um, yeah. But uh, hadn't been knowing him as long as I have the cruise missile, buddy. I hope that uh, I hope that your 2020 is is even better than 2019 was. And uh, I cannot thank you enough for uh, finally getting you on LBL. I've had you on my list, yeah, but man. I've been working to it. So finally. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, I, I've just enjoyed watching your career uh, blossom and grow uh, ever since ever since we met. And I remember we talked about uh, the tournament side and the fishing industry side, and uh, working in the industry. And next thing you know, you you started with TH Marine, and and uh, man, you're still still going strong with them, and you've got you got your hands on all these other things. I mean. I mean, hell, you trying to trying to catch up with Ike and Ellie with as many irons in the fire as you got? <laughs> Except I can't win tournaments. That's my damn problem. That's the one son thing I want to be doing. Son of a! If I could only be Ike and Ellie, but I, yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, there's a reason my beard's gray, and I think it's the fact that I've got 47 different projects going all the time. But you know what? I am ADD, and uh, I get bored. So, got to You got to do something, or you go crazy. Yes, exactly how I am, man. I, I, free time is not a friend of mine. No, like no. I don't. I don't know what to do. If like people, people are like, I, "Hey, man, I, I'd take a nap." I'm like, "A nap? I'll miss something." <laughs> take a nap. I can't take a nap. nap. That's bedtime. <laughs> I might get drunk and pass out. Nah, man. yeah, I'm that's me. I may, I may hit that old brown look again, and, and and just have to take a little nap every now and then. But that's right. <laughs> All right, John, I want you to uh, win the St. John's River. Y'all heard it right here. John Cruz, it's happening. Yes, sir. Thanks, Luke. John, thanks, buddy. Be safe. Yes, sir. John Cruz, everybody. Amazing. That's a really good dude in this industry. If you're not following John, make sure you're following along with everything he's got going on from the missile baits to the daggum... um, Elite Series and his YouTube. Go subscribe to his YouTube just make sure you're following along. He is, uh, he's a good one. He's a class act. He's a class act, and uh, I'm glad he talked to us today. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for everything this week with Boats and Pros. Thanks for all the comments on the Zona episode of Low Budget Live. Hope you guys enjoy this one. And uh, next Boats and Pros will be uh, in a few weeks, in two, three weeks in February. I haven't decided on the release date yet. Just filmed it this week, this past week, but uh, with Jordan Lee. So look forward to that and uh, hope you have a great, great, great week. I'll have another video up later this week with uh, uh, actually uh, Traveling Circus is this week. It's Traveling Circus week. Almost forgot. So be on the lookout for that. Traveling Circus, the worst fishing trip I've ever been on. Venice, Louisiana, Traveling Circus. Me, my dad's Bank from Ranger, Jimmy Wallace from Ranger Boats, and Stupid Darian uh, down in Venice, Louisiana. Check that out. I believe Thursday of this week that'll be up. 
Thank y'all so much for everything. We're going to keep rocking and rolling this content out. Uh, like the song you're fixing here, Biloxi Blues by yours truly, Luke Duncan. Thank you for the kind words on that as well. Hope you have an awesome week. Make sure to hug your mama. And I'm going to see y'all next week. Here's some Biloxi Blues. From Jackson Town to Tupelo, I never could make it last. Spanish moss, a Civil War ghost Well, I'm gonna leave them in the past Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine It don't matter, east or west North, south, wherever the wind blows I'm leaving those burdens at rest This highway, it does not know my name And I don't care, no, I don't care And a spare Just a white line gypsy Getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get